Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Ham and Egg News series, posted January 14, 2019, titled Fudging 2019, featuring Shannon Q. Welcome to Apologia, and another edition of Ham and Egg News, where we react to Ken Ham reacting to things. If you've been with the channel for a while, then you may remember that last year, Shannon and I took the opportunity to do a just-for-fun, light-hearted version of the first edition of Answers News of 2018. Even though I have some start-of-the-year family commitments and activities for other channels, it means I'm not sure exactly when this is going to post live. We still thought we'd continue the tradition for 2019 of a more relaxed, casual, celebrate-the-new-year episode here on New Year's Eve. Last year, Ken and Bodie wandered around the Creation Museum while reading the news, and it looks like this year they're planning to do the news while learning to make fudge. I'd be really excited to hear all about why scientists lie to us while also seeing fudge. I'm, I'm pumped. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, we're doing this for New Year's Eve. Welcome in the new year. You like my hat? I'm sure about that hat. <laughs> Those hats are phenomenal. This year's going to be amazing. I'm pumped. Okay, so we're going to welcome in the new year, and we're down at the Ark Encounter. Okay, you're supposed right. to blow these things. Aren't they supposed to whistle? You know, when I was a kid, I thought they yeah. whistled. That, these are quiet ones. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you wave, wave them around? Wave. Okay, so it's new year, and here's how we thought we would welcome in the new year. Sparklers. By making fudge. Yeah, fudge. We're going to find out how they make fudge, and I'm going to go and make fudge. Yeah. Okay, follow hey, me. It, it, oh, it, this is Bodie, by the way. Hi, I'm, this is Ken, by the way. This is the worst buddy comedy ever. <laughs> 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 How could it be the worst? At least this time they're not tethered to the camera like they were last year. Oh, that's right. They, you remember that? They've, got the, they've upgraded in 2018 to the wireless, 2019 for the wireless mics. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Good morning. Hi, Uncle Leroy. How are you doing? How'd you get the name Uncle Leroy? Leroy's my middle name, and right. I'm an uncle, so um, oh. that's Uncle Leroy. Well, I mean, that's logic. Yeah, yeah it really Uncle Leroy. And yes. you... Make fudge. Actually, here at the Ark, just as we start, yeah. uh, you've been making fudge here for, what, two years now? We play a drinking game, Paul. Sure. Every time they say fudge, we drink. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if I formalize it, then it's like I, I'm, I'm engaging in something. We've sold about 45 tons of fudge. Tons Since of fudge. 45, 45 tons. tons. 45 90, tons. 90,000 pounds. How many calories is that? <laughs> we don't count calories here. <laughs> Ask Alexa how many calories in 45 tons of fudge. Alexa, how many calories are in 45 tons of fudge? This might answer your question. One chocolate fudge piece has 70 calories. Did that answer your question? No, Alexa. That didn't answer my question. Now I have to do math. One, <laughs> one piece of fudge. She didn't let me know what one piece of fudge was. Like, what does one piece of fudge weigh? Is there one fudge <laughs> unit? <laughs> 
That's right. Well, one fudge unit is apparently 70 calories for the record. Times 45 tons. <laughs> so we have several varieties of fudge. We have maple pecan. We have a dark chocolate fudge, peanut butter fudge, chocolate pecan fudge. Oh, that's it. I'm going to start drinking. Let's do it. Let's do it. Where's the news? Where's the news? I want to hear the news. Before Thanksgiving, so, do, 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 Christmas. So is this a big American thing that it people, is. people like fudge? Fudge is a uniquely American candy. Look at Bodie leaning up against this. He is super cash. Look at Bodie. <laughs> I'm just hanging out with my father-in-law, talking about fudge in a huge fake goddamn <laughs> boast. Just, you know, whatever. But they're not carrying around newspapers. Like papers with, not, not literal newspapers, no one carries around newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> what? Last year they had their news stories on pieces of paper. Oh no, they don't have pieces of paper. What if they're just going to talk about fudge for an hour? I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Paul, don't make me do it. Fudge started in the late 1800s. It was, uh, the legend goes that there are some girls at a, at a girls college that they were making toffee. And they mess up the recipe, so they fudged it. Oh, this is amazing. Now we have the history of fudge. I hope these college girls got some kind of cut on all the fudge. Yeah, maybe. College is much different now than back then. <laughs> back then. <laughs> I, I can tell you 100% that I spent 0% of my time in college making fudge. <laughs> we do peanut brittle, um, bacon brittle, which has real bacon in it. Bacon brittle? Oh, I love bacon. I love bacon. But what we, what's really important here is that there's now only one pig on the ark. <laughs> the ark's down a pig. Pig kind, gone. Noah wouldn't have been allowed to eat bacon because he was... Well, they were still vegetarians then, right? They were. They didn't start eating meat until they walked off the boat. I know they have to repopulate the earth or whatever, but you can eat them now. <laughs> the two pigs, probably the last couple of months on the ark, saw everyone eyeing them up. <laughs> they were like... <laughs> we need to be right near the door when this thing docks. <laughs> Wasn't one of the first things that Noah did after the boat, you know, landed on wherever the mountain Plymouth that it Rock. landed on? Yeah, Plymouth Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. sure that's it. That's how that checks Sounds out. Right. That seems right. That's a, that makes about as much sense as the rest of the shit. But yes, um, Mount Mount Ararat. Yes, <laughs> Mount Ararat. After it landed on Mount Ararat, wasn't one of the first things he did provide a burnt offering of, like, the animals to God? He was. So which animals? Like, what species immediately became extinct at that point? Or had they had babies? You'll notice that it sounds like the story is kind of being told multiple times. And so there's yes. Noah, give, God gives instructions once, and then God gives instructions again. And it seems like they're different instructions. And, of course, most people would accept that that is because the... Pentateuch was stitched together from both the version for, that was in northern Israel and southern Israel, and that's a topic for a video on my channel later this year. However, in the second account, God commanded Noah to bring in two of each of the unclean animals and seven each of the clean animals, which would be the kind that could be sacrificed and be pleasing to God. Oh, because God wouldn't want an unclean animal sacrifice. So it wasn't two by two then. It wasn't two by two. It was two by two for all the filthy unclean. things. Like the pigs. So they really are down a pig. Yeah, they're... <laughs> that's right. No matter what way you look at it. <laughs> so is this what you call this look person this, this, a fudge this specialist? Looks, this yeah. looks professional. Look it, at this is, this is. Oh my god, I don't want to learn any more about fudge. Well, what else are we going to do? I don't know. I'm fully tired of watching them inventory their delicious treats in the basement of their ark. All right, well, it looks like Eric Hovind has a stream going. Oh my gosh! 
Okay, let's go see what Eric's doing. Maybe Eric's doing something interesting. They're not even talking about news, Paul. They're not. Okay. They're just talking about fudge. What's up, guys? This is Eric Hoven, along with my friend Saiten Bergenkate from ProofThatGodExists.org. Sai! I love Sai. Sai and I talk. Sai and I have had a conversation on my channel, which I think was a pretty good conversation overall. And I like Sai as a person. People are polarized about Sai, and I get that, because Sai says some stuff. Most of the stuff that he says, especially in this realm, I entirely and completely... <laughs> disagree with and you can see that in the conversation that Sai and I had but as a person I like Sai so I'm pretty pumped this is better than fudge Sai is better than fudge <laughs> he'll be so pleased to hear yes that's right he's way better than watching Ken and Bodhi watch other people make fudge so I'm glad we changed the channel right. <laughs> I'm pleased and uh you're down south for the winter yeah I'm for a little bit being bathed in liquid sunshine for the last week. That's what Trump said. <laughs> Stop. Hey, uh, happy new year to all of you guys. Today's the last day of 2018. Happy new year, Eric. Happy new year, Eric. I'm so excited that we're hanging out. I hope he notices me. Do you think he'll notice me? I hope he notices me. Oh, I'm fangirling. I'm fangirling. I'm fangirling so hard right now. <gasps> Hi, Eric. Hey, Sai, what would you say to ministry leaders and to people that are involved in ministry, people that get it, people that are living the Christian life, um, to help encourage them. I, I mean, I guess forget about the rest of us, but, you know, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Eric, I don't need you to notice me. It's okay. It's fine. You don't need to notice me. I'm an atheist. I'm not a ministry leader. I don't need you to notice me. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like it's important to me that Eric notices me or whatever. It's fine. But one thing, I, you know, we didn't actually prepare for this. We just thought no. it's, uh, nor, nor did we. For the record. <laughs> we, we did the opposite of preparing. <laughs> it's like, what would make you the least prepared to know nothing about what's happening and get hammered? <laughs> okay, let's do that. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Thank you, Eric, for your hospitality, for having me down here, because it's been nice uh, to be in the warm. But I, I wasn't heard. using my garage anyway, so he, we put a cot out there. It's been fun. Yeah, I've been working on the van. <laughs> uh, That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Sai's funny. Sai is funny. I'm going to catch flack and I don't even care because I have interacted with Sai personally and I like him. He's like not a bad dude. Like I said, I disagree with almost everything that comes out of his mouth theologically, <laughs> but he's not a bad guy. He really, really isn't a bad guy. But I think it was about nine years ago that we first met. An atheist yeah. had tweeted my website to you and make fun of it. It's actually an atheist that brought us together. That's pretty cool. Thank you, atheist community. Atheists are the worst. Dear ministry leaders, <laughs> for 2019, what's really important is that we recognize that atheists are the worst. The worst. Let me get close to the microphone. The worst. I'll ASMR this. Atheists are the worst. Hey, guys. Atheists are the worst. There you go. Now you can tag ASMR on your phone. <laughs> I think that most of the ministries, Christian ministries, are well-meaning out there, but they end up talking about a God they don't believe in. They end up talking about a probability. And I want my brothers and sisters to actually go out and represent the Jesus that saved them. This is where I actually can respect Sai in a lot of places. So people who, like William Lane Craig, really, all he defends is a deistic position. And then he goes, yada, 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 Christianity. But all of his defenses are really against, you know, the probability of a creator of some sort. 
I can respect Sai where he actually defends the thing he really believes in as opposed to the most watered down position. He has the courage of his convictions in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. He is a Bible believing Christian and will defend nothing else because he feels as though if he does, that's a disrespect to the Christian God. Cheers to you, Sai. I will say, you know, you've asked me to come here to teach you how to defend your faith in God. I said, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball. I'm going to teach you how to defend your faith that your parents exist. And they look at me like, why do we have this freak from Canada coming down here to teach us to defend our faith and our parents? And I said, that would be crazy. Why? Because you know your parents. You know it. This is your Romans 120 video. To his mind, why should anybody have to demonstrate the existence of God? Because you already know he exists. Because the Bible says so. And he is a literalist. If you profess that you don't, you're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. So as a Christian, looking for reasons to reaffirm your faith is reprobate. You're akin to being an atheist by looking for reaffirmation because you already know. Well, here's the thing. What am I doing teaching people how to defend their faith in God? Jesus said, I will give you words of wisdom that your adversaries will not be able to resist or contradict. Too bad his savior hasn't been giving him those words in the debate he's done so far, but keep hoping. <laughs> Me and Sai had a great conversation. That being said, it always aggravates me a little bit when people trot out Romans 120, which is why your video was so great, Paul, because you're presuming to know another person's mind. So if God says that we know, then if you believe in God and you interpret the scripture as literal, we must know. But here's the thing. You don't get to choose the things that you believe. That happens to you. You do not make an active cognitive decision to stop believing in God. If you are unconvinced of something, you do not believe it. If you are convinced of something, you likely do. I was previously convinced and that mental state changed for me. I am no longer convinced. Thus, I do not believe. I am not suppressing that. Somebody dictating to me that I am suppressing it does not change that fact. It is just them imposing their biased perspective onto my mental state. And that can be frustrating because I am not lying. And all of a sudden they're going, I want to learn more about, about the, the Christian faith. I want to learn more about the Bible. Why? I was just out there sharing my faith. Ideally, they would be asking why, because they would want to know if what they believe is true, as opposed to, I, I really want to share this with people. But that said, I should be thanking Eric. Absolutely. Let all these young people investigate further why they believe what they believe. That's frankly what my whole channel is about. If you have thought through your faith, if you have thought through what you believe, and if you have good epistemology, that's great. But so many people, including probably a lot of this people in this youth group, don't spend any time thinking about why they believe what they believe. So good on you, Eric. I'm actually, I can support you in this mission. So this is a... I'm a stirrer. You want to stir? Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll hold your stuff. We don't like to stir. So this is go. about 20 pounds of our chocolate fudge. We start Okay, with... I've done enough now. You'll see. There's got to be some great stirring, Ken Ham stirring his fudge jokes going here. <laughs> <laughs> he, passed, he passed the baton to Bodie, though. He was like, here's the thing. I'm not going to do it. So, Bodhi, you do it. <laughs>
I'll just stand here in my amazing hat, my amazing hat, and watch you stir the fudge, Bodhi. Man, look at that. That looks so easy. So, so Alex has been making fudge for what, Alex? About 14 years? Yeah. This guy's been doing this 14 years. What well, doesn't look hard? <laughs> but usually when we teach somebody how to make fudge, it takes them a good year to get really comfortable at it. Oh, it won't take us that long. Well, so, it can. That's right. Won't take us that long. You know, when he was growing up, we always told him not to play with his food. But now he plays with everybody's fudge. Be aware of phrasing, Leroy. Phrasing is important. (laughs) My son plays with everybody's fudge. (laughs) Okay. I think they have to. I'm back on board. I'm back on the team. (laughs) How are we doing with the stirring, Bodie? You know, it's it's okay. I'm doing it one handed, though. Do they normally use two hands? (laughs) Stop. Stop it. Phrasing. Phrasing, Bodie. Phrasing. (laughs) My heart can't take it. I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm doing it. I can't even repeat it. And look at Bodie's Bodie in his hat. I'm doing it one hand. Aren't you supposed to use two hands? Yeah. Bodie. Bodie needs two hands for the record. Yeah. Ken's daughter is a lucky woman. Oh my god, I can't. My face hurts. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. It hurts my Oh my god. We're bad people. We are bad people, yes. You have to make it look like it's really hard to stir. You have to grunt a little bit. Guy, <laughs> I can't. Phrasing, I can't. Phrasing everybody. I'm gonna die. <laughs> When you're playing with everybody's fudge, you need to use two hands. And you know, if you're doing it right, you're going to grunt a little bit. Just That's for the right record. Here. Just for the record. Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I can do this. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll get through this. It's fine. Right, maybe we should go back to Eric for a while. So I shared the story. My friend Jeff Rose, he went to deer hunting a number of years ago. I do like this story. He went bow hunting. And he'd never been before, but he figured he was a pretty good Obviously shot. using a McPherson, uh, a Matthews bow. Am I the only person on YouTube who doesn't have a sponsor that I can plug? <laughs> Is anybody interested? Any bow company? McPherson, like, hit me up. I live in Nova Scotia. We bow hunt. There's a bow hunting season here. Just let me know if you feel like I should give your bows a shout out so that... Maybe I, too, can be as holy as Eric Hovind and make some money off of posting these videos. Because currently, I don't really. If anyone wants to give Shannon a four-wheeler, we promise we'll do all our future videos from, you know, from the four-wheeler. If somebody gave me a four-wheeler, there is almost no limit to what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) I love four-wheeling. It blows my mind. They speculate on what our intentions are. You and I have zero sponsors, zero sponsors, no sponsors. We do this because this is something that means something to us. And we want to give people information from our perspective in case they can relate to it. Neither of us pursue sponsorship. 
And then a blatant plug. Buy my fudge. Get it shipped out to you. I'll send it to you. That's the whole reason I'm doing this video. And now Eric, even in this casual conversation video, must be a McPherson bow, right? Uh, you said a keyword that relates to somebody who might give me some money if I say a thing on the internet. Therefore, let's derail this conversation we're currently having so that I can plug it in because I might get some money. Yay, Jesus, go God. If you're really speaking to atheists, sneaking in shameless as F plugs to people who are sponsoring you isn't the way to do it, Eric. Spoiler alert, we're not morons. You know, Matthew's boast, just a little plug. Hey, can I get in on that? <laughs> yeah. So that was just an admission by Cy of everything you just said. Can I get in on that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he said to his closest disciples, he said, are you going to leave me too? And Simon Peter did not say, um, um, to whom shall we go? You have such a good argument. He said to Jesus, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm. And I think that's the kind of thing that we need to share with our unbelieving loved ones. I'm interested in hearing what you think about this. Essentially, from my perspective, what he just said is, if you're a person who is doubting and you aren't hearing compelling arguments, you are reprobate for questioning and doubting your faith. Because the word of God is the word of God. And how dare you question it? Is that what you heard? Or did you hear something different in that anecdote? What I heard was, if you don't hear compelling arguments, you are supposed to set that part of your brain aside that is looking for compelling arguments and just faith believe it. The, the, the part of your brain that is asking for compelling arguments or the part of the brain, the filthy non-believer who wants a compelling argument, they shouldn't need that. They shouldn't want it. It's all just about faith. Jesus said that it's true. So the fact that it's unconvincing, don't worry about it. You cannot compel yourself to believe something that you're unconvinced of. You can act as though you do out of, you know, fear or conformity. But you don't. You are just acting as though you do. If there is a God, which I don't think there is, he must know the difference. How could he not? Which is exactly why Pascal's wager is the worst argument mm -hmm. there is. Why wouldn't you be an evidentialist and want to convince somebody, legitimately convince somebody, based on the arguments? Eric and Sai may believe otherwise. They may genuinely believe that they are in some way reaching non-believers, but apologetics by its definition is defense of the faith. It is for the people who already have faith. It's not an evangelical ministry at all. It's not attempting to reach a non-believer. But in initially they said that they were speaking to non-believers, that they were speaking to atheists. If I'm being cynical, I would say that their fundraising depends on the artifice that they are doing evangelism. They need to be perceived as winning the lost and or putting the godless atheist in their place. In that way, what I do is probably a help to Eric's ministry, creating that enemy for them to fight against. If you're a Christian, you have to demonstrate persecution in order to be perceived as being effective. An unpersecuted faith is a suspect faith. Uh, for those of you saying, hey, by the way, thank you very much, uh, Scott, uh, atheist friend who's on my page a lot. Um, man, I can't wait uh, for the day, uh, hopefully before you stop breathing, buddy. That you say, you know what? I need to turn to Christ. I need to love my creator, God. Don't do it, Scott. No. I admit it. God is real. Uh, Shannon Q, same for you. Ah! Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Guys, guys, Eric noticed me. Eric noticed me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. It's fine. What? What? I don't even know. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. You know what's great? Fudge. Fudge is so good. <laughs> hey, Shannon, um, how's it going? 
I was I, on the uh, podcast. Yeah, you were. Uh, She's excited. a fellow Canuck. That's true. From Canuckistan. Eric knows things about me, guys. Eric knows things about me. He knows I'm from Canada. Oh my gosh. Eric, sometimes you pretend like you don't know me and it makes me sad. But clearly you know me because you know that I'm Canuckistanian. And then I'm friends with Sai. Eric, I feel like we're besties now. Eric, we're probably besties now. Eric, are we besties? We're probably besties, right? Are we besties? Oh my God, that's so exciting. Shannon said, don't do it, Scott. Don't go to the other side. I did, Scott. Don't do it. Don't go to the other side. We have cookies. We have so many cookies. But not the fudge. That's for Ken. (laughs) This is what happens when you drink every time Ken Ham says fudge. You never stop drinking. That's what happens. You, you, you ate this out there. You know that I do love you. And I hope that I've shown that in my actions. I, uh, I try my very best uh, to, to be somebody that, uh, that shows by, by not on a part. Sometimes I just want to ban you guys. Wait, so Eric's showing his love to us atheists by not blocking us? Paul, stop talking about my best friend like that. Eric and I are best friends now. <laughs> so that means that I have to stand up for him. Also... Let's juxtapose this against our fudge friend on the, other, <laughs> on the other side who blocked both of us from his live stream chats for the sole reason that we make counter arguments. So Eric's full of his own shit. However, he at least allows us, I guess, to engage with him. He hasn't blocked us from Twitter, but Eric allows for no comments of any kind on any of his videos. None. So Yeah, that's a true story. Also, Eric, don't block us. We're best friends now. And since we're best friends, best friends don't block their besties. I'm just saying. And maybe we can stay in your garage next time we're in Florida. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Can we? I get it and say, you know what? Let me just, let me present the truth and, and not let you guys present the errors uh, that you guys present. Okay, let's deconstruct that statement for a second. He said, let me present the truth and let's not let you present the errors. Don't let me present the errors of what I said. <laughs> just let me say the truth. Let me present the truth and not... <laughs> I'm having trouble composing myself right now. It might be because Ken and Bodhi said fudge so many times. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the reason. But he just said, let me present the truth and not let you guys represent the errors. (laughs) Just let that sink in. Let that that wash over you. Don't present the errors to the truth. Otherwise, it's not the truth anymore, guys. I should block you. Maybe that should have been my New Year's resolution. Stop showing all the errors in what Eric is saying. (laughs) What's hilarious is I have the opposite philosophy in life. And so do you. If there is an error, I want to know about it. Because as Matt Delahunty says, I would like to believe as many true things and cast off as many false things as I can in my life. But at the same time, I go, you know what? Um, I, I... I like I like the freedom of speech. I yeah, like the thing this. is, I, we I cannot lord it over our atheist friends because we have to keep in mind, and this is not in a, in a way of arrogance or anything. But I do not take your position as arrogance. I take it as folly. And I would be the atheist mocking me if it wasn't about the grace of God. Yeah, God. except we'd be doing a little bit better. Ah, oh, now that was arrogant. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. That is funny, right? See, I told you so I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, a talk with two Canadian atheists recently. There are Canadian atheists? What? No, I don't believe you. 
They're probably just moose hunting with whatever the name is of that crossbow that we're supposed to be promoting. Right. Is it, what is <laughs> I've lost it already. This is why we don't get sponsorships. That's right. <laughs> you know, online, I think there's a lot of internet bravado going on. I'm all about the internet bravado. Bow, chicka, wow, is that is that the bravado noise? I may be watching the wrong movies. <laughs> That's my bad. Ken Ham kept saying fudge. I'm sorry. He said it so many times. <laughs> and Jesus Christ, because, you know, they might be having a good time now. Hells yeah. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. You know, that's true. Because if somebody asked me, Shannon, what's your idea of a good time? The first thing I'd say is watching Ken and Bodhi stand near people that are making fudge and listening to Saiten Brinkinkate and Eric Hovind Tell me what atheists think. Also, fudge. Drink, everybody. <laughs> and they're watching it and getting ready for uh, New Year's Day. And they want some fudge. Can we just press a button and send it to them yes. like right now? Yes. Uh, you can buy fudge on our website, UncleLeroy's.com. Sales opportunity. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> they ship fudge. What? That explains it. I said to myself, why on earth would Ken and Bodie do a fudge tour on New Year's Eve? My questions have been answered as if divinely. They sell it on their website and they will ship it to you. It's a sales opportunity. This is a commercial. This is a commercial. They're, they can't do anything that is not a commercial. Their entire ministry is a commercial for the craft that they sell online and or in their store. Good. It even looks good. I mean, yeah, it looks, it doesn't look hard to do. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't look hard to do again. <laughs> right back to Ken. Like I could do this. You fudge people have no level of expertise. I stirred that pot over there for 12 seconds, so I know everything that's going on. I don't even think he made it to 12 seconds. He, he briefly held the handle and then was like, Bo, do you do it? <laughs> and then when it's cooling off, sugar crystals start forming again, and crystals grow on crystals. So then it starts to set up really fast. See, this is really scientific. It is scientific, it really is, actually. Yeah. I hope they get into the science of it so we can deny that entirely. <laughs> <laughs> These are 750-pound Vermont marble slabs. Uh, they draw the heat out of the fudge. Sometimes I like to say they draw the calories out at the same time. But Yes, that is the level of science they like to do at Hansus and Genesis. It's also a way for them to say, hey, look, we utilize science even in our fudge making. We know science. We're science. We use science all the time. Science, science, science. Look how much we love science. We science all the time, guys. See, we even science the shit out of our fudge. That's how science we science. When I was in seventh grade, I learned that a calorie is a heat unit. Hmm. So, so we take the heat out of it. And the marble's pulling the heat out of the fudge. Yeah, that's pulling the calories so, out. Yeah, that's what I was exactly expecting from the science <laughs> level. <laughs> and science completes. <laughs> that's enough sciencing. Okay, by the way, you make this at the museum too. We make it at the museum. We've been making it at the museum since June of 2015. And I think there we've probably made about... Roughly 100,000 pounds of fudge there. Does Alexa know how many calories are in 100,000 tons of fudge? Alexa, how many calories are in 100,000 tons of fudge? This might answer your question. One chocolate fudge piece has 70 calories. Alexa keeps giving me the same answer over and over and over again. For the record, one fudge piece 
has <laughs> 70 calories. I feel like everybody do their own math because I'm drinking this drink because I'm watching Ken Ham watch other people <laughs> make fudge for New Year's because that's what my life is, apparently. It might not be, not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but there's going to be a time in, a life, in their life when things are not going you know, um, the way they wanted to. And who are they going to turn to? Yeah. You know, and we hope that they will turn to the people that have given them the truth, who will direct them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So switching to weirdly serious for a second, when I had the worst times of my life, when I was diagnosed with things that were terrible, that was the time in which all of the people who are Christian, except for my family, who were gracious and loving, but everyone else who I knew who was Christian, turned their back on me and suggested that perhaps this diagnosis was because I'd become an atheist, not because I became a Christian. I had to find a whole new atheist community who would love me and accept me and help me deal with the tragedy I was in. So no, sigh, this doesn't reflect my experience at all. Since becoming an atheist, and Paul, perhaps you can relate, I found an amazingly supportive community that is supportive of me because of who I am, not because of what I believe. Man, uh, to the atheists, since we're talking to you guys right now, um, you guys know the theatrics that take place uh, in in videos and online and with the with the i'm not actually sure what you mean by theatrics do you mean making videos that systematically directly address the specific scientific and historical claims you make in your movie and the other content you produce i made at least 19 such videos related to creation today in 2018 so i'm pretty familiar with the context i may suspect but i don't really know what you mean by theatrics let's just sit down face to face over a cup of coffee turn the cameras off and go hey be real with me eric I've invited you over and over again to have conversations with me, one-on-one -on -one conversations, cameras on, cameras off, online, face-to-face, -face, whatever you want, man. You have decided that I am a person who is unworthy of being spoken to. You think that my whole agenda is to disprove what you're saying. Eric, if you have a way to convince me, I want to hear it. I want to be right. I used to believe everything you believe. This is my invitation once again. I'm willing to talk to you anywhere, anytime. You know how to find me. Please reach out to me. I also let Eric know that I would be more than happy to have a discussion with him, not even necessarily on air. I'd be more than happy to have a discussion with him off air. The ball is in your court. You say you want it. Please. You're the one who asked. Because you remember when we were at the Reason Rally in um, 2012, we talked with Max. In the hotel room, in the hotel lobby, mm -hmm. till like three o'clock in the morning. So we had the whole reason rally, talked with lots and lots of atheists, enjoyed the conversations, enjoyed the discussions. It was when we were in the hotel lobby right. with none of the other atheists around that Max and us talked for a long time, hours and hours and hours. And Max admitted, when with nobody looking, with nobody listening, he said, "I admit it, my atheist worldview doesn't make sense. I get that. I get it. It doesn't make sense." Well, I remember he had tears in his eyes at some yeah. point when we had him. Uh... You having a casual conversation. For hours in a hotel lobby at the Reason Rally with an atheist named Max is not representative of how the rest of us feel or think or represent ourselves in the world. And you presenting it as though it is, is suspect to me. Like I said, let's have a private conversation. Let's see if you can have the same effect on me that you had on Max, the atheist representative. Or Paul.
Speaking of effect, the situation that Eric just described, so it was late at night, there had been a reason rally all day long. People had been up early, they were exhausted. He was having a two-on-one conversation with someone hours past midnight in a very emotional, tired state where Max was tearing up because of what was being said. This is exactly how altar calls work. This is exactly how all conversions work when they take kids to youth groups and this happened to me over and over again and i used to be one of the youth leaders who did this you get the kids out of their element you get the kids tired you get them in a disproportional conversation and you wear them down of course the person's going to start to feel emotion of course the person is going to start to feel things that they don't normally feel because that is in exactly the environment where you start giving up your rational thought because i'm tired and exhausted and emotional That is what Christianity feeds upon. They don't do it by way of reason, by way of argument. They do it by way of emotion and manipulation. You picked off one in the herd in the middle of the night and got them to admit something I'm guessing they didn't admit. Yeah, precisely. If Max is representative of all of us to you, why isn't Max somebody people that are talking about, specifically if you're presenting him as representative of all atheists? Who's Max? Really, Eric is talking to his Christian followers and saying, aha, when you corner them, they admit it. In fact, that's even the word he used. They admitted that they're just lying and making stuff up. So that's the comfort blanket that he's trying to put out here. <laughs> Look, not, not all people are going to have tears in their eyes. I think some people are hardened enough to it that they might be able to read it. You know, like uh, Doug, when I was on his show, uh, he read it. He didn't seem to be affected by it. If you're not subscribed to Doug at Pine Creek, please fix that now. Doug did have a great conversation with Sai, and Doug and Sai did a prayer after the show was over, and I thought that was amazing. But Doug has shared since that what Sai prayed for was that Doug would have hard times in his life. What? But he prayed that my life would become tumultuous. Oh, no. Why would he do that? <laughs> no. That goes very much to what Sai was saying before. He thinks that atheists like Doug or myself or whoever have it too easy that really there's nothing in our lives that require calling out to God. And that's why Sai said earlier, I hope when the hard times come that you will reach out to believers. If Christianity is true, Sai knows that in order for this Jesus to reach me is to make me desperate. But how sad is that? That Christianity, at least in some people's minds, is they know that if you're not indoctrinated into it, that the next step is desperation. You have to be so desperate in order to believe this. That when someone prays for a non-believer, that you should pray that they face challenges and that they face hardships and face uh, loss in their life so that they'll be forced to reach out to God. That is fascinating. Why would you wish hardship on somebody? Would you wish hardship on a Christian? To reaffirm their faith, to solidify it? I have guesses as to what Sai would say to that, but rather than guess, Sai, why don't you come back on Shannon's channel? I think that would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, that would be interesting. That, that help them go, wow, we've got, whether it comes to archaeology or psychology or philosophy, every single realm, really, truth is obtained in the Christian worldview. Did he just say psychology? He said psychology. Yes, Oh my did. gosh, he said psychology. I'm not even sure where to start. <laughs> Him making that assertion, him essentially just saying that we've proved the truth of the Christian worldview is found through psychology in and of itself isn't even something that I can address responsibly. There's studies regarding perspectives on faith 
and the effect of subscribing to specific faiths or any faith, there's entire realms of research that are affiliated with that perspective. Now, none of them, none of them, none, zero, zero percent, zero percent of psychological studies have come to the conclusion that the Christian faith is the true faith or that there is in fact a true faith, period, full stop. So Eric, I know we're best friends, but you are full of it. Citation needed. You cannot just assert that an entire field of study proves your point without anything to back up your statement. Hard stop, no. Sorry, not today. Tonight, we're going out for an hour and a half and uh, asking people if they want to get around to it in 2019. They're fun at parties. <laughs> Who isn't? I wonder how many times they say fudge. <laughs> we should definitely get back to the fudge. Fudge, 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 fudge. Fudge pisses me off way less than this. So the chocolate fudge over here is boiling. See, it was only because of the stir I gave it at the beginning. You know, right. it might have been, yeah. You have the touch. So what is that thing you have in there? This is a thermometer probe. So they're probing the fudge, Shannon, just to let you. <laughs> Bodie's still using one hand, too. <laughs> he's confident. He's feeling confident. He's feeling like he's got this. He's using one, one hand for the probe. <laughs> one hand for the stick. All deep in that fudge. <laughs> if there is a hell, that's where I'll be. Just for that statement alone. <laughs> so, so New Year's Eve is one of the 12 days of Christmas. You know, we don't always think about the 12 days of Christmas. So there's only one day of Christmas. You, you know, we, we always think of... Uh, isn't that... that that's one? Christmas. Okay. Now you have Christmas Eve the night before, but yeah. then Boxing Day, which they celebrate Boxing Day still in Australia. Oh, in Australia, Australia we have Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually the first day of Christmas. Boxing Day? We have Boxing Day. We do have Boxing Day. Did he just say that's the first day of Christmas? That's exactly what he said. I don't understand that statement. Isn't Christmas the first day of Christmas? That means that that song has been lying to me my entire life. The song doesn't tell us when they are. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't say if they precede or proceed. You're right. On the on the first day of Christmas, Canahan gave to me a well, big piece of fudge. peanut butter fudge. <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> oh my God. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Hello, father-in-law. Yeah, you replaced the words true love with Ken-ham. father-in-law. <laughs> okay. Please leave in the comments your 12 days of Ken Ham Christmas. I would love to read those. Oh, my God. Don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Because we've got our atheist friends commenting on here. Sorry, I'm not. Re- it's on a little cell phone. So I'm sorry I'm not able to read your comments very much here. But um, Bullshit. That's all, that's all I had to say. Just bullshit. He read my comments earlier. He could see that I was in there. Bullshit. No, 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 no. Don't drink, Shannon. No. Ah, Sai can see my comments with glasses on, Eric. Sai knew that I commented that I was going to drink a bottle of vodka and watch you hand out tracts one day. He could see it with glasses on. And also, fun fact, that ship sailed. (laughs) That ship sailed. Ken Ham keeps saying fudge over and over and over again. And I made a pact. I made up this drinking game. (laughs) So 
It's out of my hands. It's out of my hands. That ship has sailed and is heading toward the iceberg. That arc has sailed and it's headed towards a rat. <laughs> the, the conversation, the debate you had with Matt Delahante. Here you had Matt Delahante saying, I don't know anything. I only believe things. And everything I've said in this, in this debate has been just what I believe. It's not anything that I know. And you have the atheists out there going, yeah. Not realizing that he's had to adopt this idea. It's, it's a word that they use called solipsism, that I really can't know anything. Okay, Eric. The word solipsism doesn't mean that you can't know anything. The word solipsism refers to a philosophy that our thoughts, our internal thoughts, are the only thing that we can know, which is exactly what we've been talking about this entire time. The fact that you want to misrepresent what the philosophy is so that you can score your points with people who don't know what the philosophy is, makes me angry. Adopt this idea that is self-refuting in order to refute the God of the Bible. And I watched that and I went, wow, here you have a whole audience of atheists that I think they're more interested in cheering on the person that is holding the view that they want to hold more than saying, let me examine this and know the truth. And here's how I know that. Because I had an atheist contact me. It was Max. It was Max. It was Max. I'm calling it right now. It was Max. Our atheist representative Max contacted Eric. Max, God damn it! So once again, there was a room full of people, and he was contacted by one representative, and that means that everyone else in the room is lying? Fucking Max. Every time, Max! Stop it. The rest of us are pretending that we're atheists, and you're ruining it for us with Eric Hovind. Max, God damn it! He said, I cannot be an atheist. I cannot be honest and be an atheist anymore. And they're seeing through. Yes, there are theatrics, and 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 they're 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 looking at it, going, "Hey, I I I I want to believe in this. I'm going for my guy, and man, he's got some good one-liners." But to really take it apart and go, he's having to adopt a a a ridiculous philosophy in order to argue against the God of the Bible. What Eric and Sai are confusing is certainty with truth. The fact that Sai went through that entire debate espousing certainty and bragging that his level of certainty being higher than Matt's level of certainty meant that he had the right position is the ridiculous worldview. Certainty has absolutely nothing to do with accuracy. And the fact that one person expresses reasonable doubt and the other person denies any doubt has nothing to do with the position. And that's all that Sai did in this debate. I have no doubt, and Matt expresses a little bit of doubt. Therefore, I win automatically no matter what ridiculous thing I'm saying. And that is what is ridiculous. And that's the reason why this Matt Delahunty, Sai Tenbergen-Kate debate is one of the most painful things to watch and why very few people can even get to the end of it. It beats the Star Wars holiday special for unwatchability. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, that's what you'll see as well in that debate with Matt Delahunty. Watch all his stuff since then. Does he deny knowledge after that debate? Of course not. But most often when we talk about knowledge, colloquially, somebody's just expressing a confidence level. So they're, you know, hey, I believe this. And then somebody else will say, well, I know it. And all they mean is I really, 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 really believe it. He only takes that stance when he's arguing with the believer. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, Matt spends most of his time on air talking to believers. So that makes sense that he's going to bring it up when he's talking to believers. In fact, Matt was on my channel. And we talked about this very thing. Truth is not the same thing as certainty. Those are unrelated fields, Sigh. There's a card above if you'd like to watch that talk. 
Paul and Matt had a really amazing conversation. Go check it out. Matt, if you're watching, I got to tell you, it was hilarious to me to watch Jordan Peterson <laughs> tell you that you're not really an atheist and do basically the exact same things I was doing in the debate. What, in your view, would a genuine atheist be like? He'd be like Raskolnikov in Crime and Punishment. He undertakes the murder, and he gets away with it. And he's, before he does it, he berates himself in what I would describe as the negative atheistic style. At your own show, I went, oh, good one. That was, uh, that was Eric, you just slammed an entire audience for cheering on sound bites and quick gotchas. And here you are doing the same thing with the Jordan Peterson event when it agrees with you. I don't think they expect that. I mean, the thing of Jordan, he was nice about it. And so the good news for them is that while he thinks atheists would be murderers, he doesn't actually think you're an atheist. And that is... His way of getting around <laughs> acknowledging things that conflict with his worldview. The Jordan Peterson and Matt Delahunty debate was frustrating to me on a couple of levels. One, because I find Jordan Peterson frustrating. Essentially, Jordan Peterson holds the position that Christianity has utility to society as a moral framework that people will easily and readily adhere to that is consistent with the moral framework that our society currently agrees with. He seems to be a form of solipsistan or nihilist that believes that without religion, there would be some form of moral anarchy because religions help cohere people into moral groups and without that there's no form of cohesion that helps us instantiate a, a valid form of morality so to his mind an atheist has nothing to do with whether or not you believe in a supernatural god an atheist is somebody who doesn't adhere to a moral framework from a religion which is why it's not a Romans 120 thing. He believes that Christianity has utility. And because Christianity has utility, and to his mind is a moral framework with proven efficacy, which we could argue, but this isn't the place, anybody who is an atheist would have to be somebody who is contra to moral frameworks. And thus, to his mind, since Matt Delahunty demonstrated that he has some semblance of morality, he could not conceivably be an atheist because Dostoevsky's version of an atheist is the model that he adheres to. Context matters. And that's the context. He isn't on your team. He's just not. You're using him as a useful tool right now in this discussion because you feel as though he proves your point, but he doesn't when you analyze the situation and understand his positions. If anything, it undermines you. So I'd strongly suggest that you stop. I think that one thing that Jordan Peterson offers and why he's been so attractive to a lot of people is that he seems to offer a Christless Christianity. And I think to some degree, that's, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cy. Cy gets what I'm saying. <laughs> Cy's picking up what I'm throwing down. Cy gets it, Eric. 
I've said many times I have a love-hate relationship with Jordan Peterson. Uh, his book, 12 Rules of Life, I've read it three times. Congratulations, Eric, because I could barely get through that thing one time. It's fascinating to me that he would invest in any perspective on Jordan Peterson. It almost shows his true colors when it comes to pushing his agenda because Jordan Peterson is very much a subscriber to and proponent of evolutionary theory. So much so that the arguments that he makes from a psychological perspective are very heavily contingent on people buying into and understanding evolutionary psychology. That is the foundation that he stands on. He stands on a foundation of evolutionary psychology. So for somebody who doesn't subscribe to evolution, to buy into and support his stance is interesting to me. It's tantamount to saying he's saying things that I like to hear out of context. And so long as they're out of context, I'm willing to purport them because they support my stance. When in context, not only do they fall apart, but they're directly contra to your stance. It's slightly telling and fascinating to me that they're even having this dialogue. You can't stand the whole evolutionary process that it starts off with with the lobster. And I'm like, I understand if you're coming from a naturalistic worldview. It's just that worldview isn't the accurate worldview. That's the problem that we have. <laughs> there it is. 2019, I'm really excited. GrandCanyonMovie.com. We've been working on the documentary. Oh my goodness. Do I have to do a documentary about the Grand Canyon this year? Please don't do it. Please. I don't think I can take it. I can't. Did Ken Ham say fudge? I heard him say fudge. I'm drinking. <laughs> I don't even care. So, so how do you know if this is ready? So you you realise instead of people watching secular television and wasting time, right. they can be watching us make fudge while they're waiting for the new year to come Burn in. Burn on you, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't want to do that on New Year's Eve? I know, I know I'm pumped about it. Times Square has nothing on Kentucky. Who'd want to go out with their friends doing enjoyable activities? <laughs> When you could sit at home and watch Ken Ham and Bodie stand near people who are making fudge <laughs> and tell them how easy it looks to do it. Uh, What's everybody else doing with their life? I'm glad Dick Clark isn't here to see this. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. Atheist, we love you. I love you too. I just like Eric as a friend. I love you. Fudge. Fudge. <laughs> I love everything. <laughs> I love everything so much right now. Today's the last day of 2018. Why don't you start 2019 out on the right foot? Why don't you say, you know what, Gun? I know you did create this world. Now, just yep. a real quick interruption here. You said what I've done on the cross. What he's done on the cross. I mean, because I know that somebody's going to cut that clip oh. out and put it on there. No one has ever taken one of these clips out of context. That's never happened. <laughs> also, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> I think I'll start the new year off not lying to myself and everybody else about what I actually believe. If that's okay with you, Eric. We call this a creaming paddle because we're going to do a process here we call creaming the fudge. Creaming the fudge. It's a process they like to call creaming the fudge. <laughs> Stop. I can't. I can't. My accent's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> They've said fudge a million times. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much I've had to drink? <laughs> I can't even words no more. <laughs> I can't. And experience more than anything else? It's a little touchy-feely. Yes, it's yeah. touchy-feely. And if you don't get that right, you can just fudge it. <laughs> Bodie is still the dad joke champion. On point. I'm sorry, Vice Rhino, but Bodie's the champion. I don't care how many BuzzFeed articles stole your tweets.
Bodie still wins the dad joke Olympics. Oh yeah, yep. see, see the turn? Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. See, it's oh. really easy, really easy. My wrist oh, isn't yeah. quite what it should be. Bodie's wrist isn't quite what it should be. <laughs> well, he usually uses two hands. <laughs> <laughs> We've already established that, Paul. <laughs> Bodie's used to using two hands. Yeah. Okay, so I know this has been a lot longer video. I hope you enjoyed it. It has been a lot longer than normal. That is for sure. Are you sure a billion years is imaginary time? Because this felt like it took a billion years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like we could have evolved into something else entirely in this time. I have. I've evolved from a normal person into a person that drank a bunch of booze because they said fudge 380 <laughs> times. Well, thanks for having me down. Well, thanks for having me down here. And uh, I mean, if we have a rough winter... You're coming back, huh? We got the room set up. He'll be good to go. All right. I'm not, it's not open to everybody in Canada, though, by the way. Eric, you said that right after I posted that I was coming for a visit. <laughs> Since we're besties, that hurts my feelings. Come on, Eric. You said you wanted to have a face-to-face communication. Come let us stay in your garage. Yeah, right? We'll chat. We'll like, chat till four in the morning until I cry. Paul and I are until you cry. <laughs> Do you really think it'll take that long for you to start crying <laughs> every time? <not. laughs> I, I put an hour on it. Whenever it starts, an hour after it starts is when both of you start crying and or get in a fist fight. It'll be one of the two. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Bye-bye. I think we've heard the word fudge enough for this to qualify as a successful kickoff to the new year. F- fudge! <laughs> I hope people who are watching this are playing along. (laughs) And don't get alcohol poisoning. Disclaimer, if you get alcohol poisoning playing along in this video, we are not responsible for your (laughs) hospital pills. Do not ham and egg and drive, everybody. Fudge. (laughs) Ham and fudge. Well, Shannon, where can people find... Actually, I'll probably... I'll plug your channel on my own. All right, fine. I won't say anything about my channel. Whatever. (laughs) You do it. You do it then. Fudge. (laughs) (laughs) This is my new favorite game. (laughs) Fudge. (laughs) This is exactly the kind of elevating the discourse that you can find on the Shannon Q channel. (laughs) Yeah, it is. If you haven't subscribed already, this is what you're going to get. No, it's not. (laughs) I, I have words. I have all the best words. <laughs> I say so many words. <laughs> it's good, Paul. You don't know, except for you edit my videos. So if it's shit, it's your fault. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Paul did it if you don't like it. Also, everybody ready? Fudge! <laughs> <laughs> As always, a huge thank you to all my patrons, without whom this channel would quite literally not be possible. If you find what we do valuable, maybe not today, but normally, please consider supporting my work here for as little as a dollar a month. Happy 2019, everybody. Thanks for watching. Until next time. Later.